0: This is, this is an example of trail magic in my mind like just the, the crazy coincidence related to the hiking community that happens We were we went well we went to stay uh, with Jen's friend who hi- they hiked the JMT together Maria and her baby was uh, getting baptized and so we went to the that and we were driving down the street and I see tapeworms cycling down the street and I'm like what? scream out of the window I'm like Connor I call his real name he didn't respond so I'm thinking okay I'm crazy it's not him and then we follow him we follow him
1: welcome
2: to the hiking through podcast I'm Erin Egan, and this is the podcast where I talk to experienced thru-hikers about their adventures on the trail and strategies for successfully completing a thru-hike. This episode continues my conversation with Jen and Suds, known off-trail as Jen Collins and Jake Russell. In this episode, we dig into adventures with North American wildlife, big and small, while also hitting on some decisions that apparently still need to be made. You can find this episode and all previous episodes at hiking-through.com, where you can also find show notes, photos, and links for any gear mentioned in this podcast. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcast and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Jen and Suds. you guys are sharing a lot of gear Mm -hmm. like tents and stoves and things like that. So it sounds like your plan is basically at least every night you'll meet up.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is, that is the plan, but we have talked about the possibility of we do each of us have stoves. And so there is the possibility that we could end up splitting some of that stuff. We've also talked about getting bigger tents or even um, carrying because Jake has a tent. So we could, um, mm-hmm. we could, uh, decide to go with each person takes their own tent, basically.
0: Yeah, or, or cowboy camping yeah. or something like that. You know, if we know it's not going to rain for the next week, which is going to happen quite a lot on the PCT. Yeah. Well, actually, well, I hope that doesn't happen. It'd be great if it rained occasionally, you know, but,
2: but <laughs> they we see that
0: now. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm, uh, I'd much rather get wet than have to breathe smoke and miss parts of the trail
2: true but you guys will be going through hopefully early enough that you'll miss a lot of the fire kind of stuff
0: fingers crossed
2: yeah fingers crossed
0: yeah um Um, but yeah well like i mean we we i think we're both quite you know open-minded to kind of adapting when things come up you know Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah, definitely, right. mm-hmm. and we've talked about changing out gear. Some of some of this, I think, will be decided in the Olympics. But yeah, we definitely. I think the idea of of sharing gears to try to go lighter, um, absolutely, and combine forces and that sort of thing. But but we we know that there's that the trail kind of throws up its own hurdles, and there could be certain things where we want to end up, you know, splitting them mm-hmm. up. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: We'll just see. We'll adapt when things crop up.
2: And you guys are also each of you going to be carrying your own food and stuff like that or are you going to try to
0: probably I don't know we're we're not sure right
1: we might okay so I think we might probably carry separate breakfasts because I really want I like actually oatmeal right now I like oatmeal. (laughs) Jake tells me like (laughs) in a few few months I will not like oatmeal but uh, we'll just see how that goes and I think we might we'll definitely carry separate lunches and bars and things like that, but we might combine dinners because we are planning to bring a stove with us for the trail. So yeah. um we do wanna I, I think there might be certain spots where we may not use it as much when it's really hot, but our plan is to use
0: a stove. Yeah. I think we both like coffee. Yeah. And having that hot meal at the end of the day when you're wet and miserable i know the benefits of going stoveless and i have done it for a period but at least for the washington we're gonna be having hot a hot food yeah. a hot drink every day in the morning and just it's also really useful like we found right when we go we are hiking this desierto de los leones mm. Especially like maybe a month or two ago when I really needed to be stretching constantly. It's useful to, sorry for being so British, but sit down and have a cup of Yorkshire tea. (laughs) It takes a good 20 minutes to have a cup of tea, to boil the water, brew it, enjoy it, pack up and go at least, probably if not longer. So Mm -hmm. it forces a break on you. And that's vital in the early days because you just see people wanting to keep up and injuring themselves because they didn't have enough breaks. So yeah. it kind of forces a break on you, which is cool.
1: I would have never brought a stove on a day hike until I met you. I mean, and I really enjoy having
0: a stove now. I think mm-hmm. it's really nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a bit weird on a day hike for sure, but like, <laughs> but uh, the weight doesn't really eat.
2: matter on a day hike. Either. No, Who
0: cares? Take whatever you it's want. Like, We've we pack we never packed out tacos. But we should do right. Like, <laughs> I mean, we live in the taco capital of the world, so yeah. Uh, take yeah, whatever yeah. the hell you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I guess in. Well, I'm not necessarily a coffee drinker. I could totally see, and I've done this on on day overnight camping or that kind of stuff, where you do something. Talk about processed food. Do like uh warm up or boil water, and then do like tang or something like mm. that. A hot,
1: mm. a
2: hot cup of something. Yeah in the morning and it just brightens the day. It feels like you've officially now started the day and it sort of signifies go- doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's nothing like ha- like holding tightly to a, a hot mug of something as you watch the sunrise and all of that beautiful stuff. Steam rising. Yeah, anyway.
0: sure. Oh yeah. No, oh yeah. A doubt. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be, we'll be, we'll be brewing up some coffee and tea and all of that. Stuff for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'll be looking for the picture, like somebody behind somebody else with the 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 steaming cup of something and the sun <laughs> rising and the the beautiful mountains out in the middle of nowhere. Definitely, <laughs> we'll be, I'll be looking for that shot now. All right, coming cool. soon to our Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What Jake on the AT? Like, what was your normal routine?
0: Okay, so. Let, well, I'll talk about like that kind of towards more the end of the hike, because then that okay. was when it was most routine based, because I made a s- silly mistake of booking my flight. I mean, it was right at the end of my visa allowance. I've got the B2 visa. I can go in for si- as a British citizen. I can go in for three months without a visa or the ESTA. Right. But for six months, I need the B2. Right. So I bought my flight the day before my six month visa ran out. And everyone told me not to do that. Everyone told me to leave and come back and stuff, which probably wouldn't have worked. But um, so I had to book it. I left the group that I was hiking with in whatever the name of that ski town is after after Musalaki. And I had to book it. And I had to average like 18 miles through from there, like for the last month. So I had to have a really solid routine. And going through the whites and doing 18-mile days is like... Bloody hard. So I'd wake up early. I would stretch a ton, and while I was stretching, I would eat my oatmeal and pop pop tarts or whatever rubbish I had in my bag, and then just hike five miles, stretch a ton, hike five miles, stretch a ton, do the just do the same, and then eat it past aside, <laughs> and and camp wherever I fell over, basically. But it, I uh, there were probably other routines going on. Let me see.
2: Did you usually end at a certain time in the, in the evening or did you make dinner and then continue hiking?
0: Typically I would get to camp as it's getting kind of very dark, set up, uh, cook dinner, eat it, and then pass out for like 10 hours. Okay. Basically like not even feel my head hitting the, hitting the pad. It would just be like out. Um, so I'd hike probably like 14, 14, Hours a day, maybe in. I, or oh, wow. Maybe it was twelve. I, I'm. I'm just pulling numbers out of the sky here. I don't really know, but it was. They were long days in the whites for sure, and around mm-hmm. there, and up in like the presidentials and things, like pretty big mountains. And I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was tough.
2: <laughs> just from kind of your reminiscing about it, it doesn't sound like it was fun.
0: There were parts of it that were a lot of fun, and there were parts of it that were really not a lot of fun. Um, like the presidentials were dreadful. I was trying to think this morning about like, what was my worst time on trail? And then I remembered it was Mount Washington. I was sick. It was horrible weather and I had to do 18 miles. There was no option. It was like either do that or risk not finishing the trail. So there were moments in the Northern section of the trail that I, it was just, just, just smash it out. Just do it. Mm -hmm. and they're like every single day every single day I had parts of my day that were terrible but every Mm -hmm. single day I had parts of my day that were amazing you know and it was like it was it was a challenge but I got through it and in the end it was I did it and it was great you know but but I have very mixed feelings about it and I, I regret rushing But at the same time, you know, if I hadn't taken it so slowly at the beginning of the trail, I might not have even got to that point. So, um, you know, yeah, a bit of a mixed bag. The most beautiful section, the most challenging, like biggest emotional challenge as well, that part of the trail, so. But it was cool, I don't regret it at all. Not one bit, like the whole experience, I guess. Mm -hmm. So
2: you were just talking about worst time on trail. What about best time on trail or best memory of,
0: of the trail? What, Jen, what about your JMT? Oh, yeah. Best moment in the JMT. I don't know. Or, 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 oh, just, just any of the trails. trails like? yeah, oh, sorry. okay.
1: Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry. Wow, I've never seen you so. I was going <laughs> to. I know. I was wondering what the... there was. Uh, no, there's not some secret thing there. No, by no, the way. no, no, no.
1: <laughs> I thought. I thought he was like trying to signal. Signal like you. You know the, the best moment. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah. cut that out. Uh, <laughs> okay, best moment. Okay. uh... I love the meadows, so just like any anytime I get to like a mountain meadow, I just really love it, and probably my first solo backpacking trip was when I was in Alaska, and I did a a trail called the Chilkoot Trail, which is like in Southeast Alaska. And I remember climbing up and I was like climbing through the fog and through like this, it was very steep and boulders just kind of scrambling over boulders. And I was like, it it started to rain a little bit. It was so dark and, you know, gray and everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting up over and into the pass. And then I came out into this like high mountain meadow. And it was probably the first time, like, I remember being in a high mountain meadow that I really, you know, the first time you get into a high mountain meadow, it's like these tiny little plants that you see, these little flowers and what John, John Muir called nature's little darlings, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you just, the whole world kind of changes. The grass is so green. It's like that technicolor, hyper color green. Yeah. And the the sun was like beating down on me and uh, like the, it, the clouds had cleared and there were all of these streams that were sort of rolling over this hillside. And you could tell that that was the spot where like, where the river started in Alaska. Mm. And I just yeah. remember being like, I was there by myself entirely. And I just remember being like, this is the most amazing, amazing experience. And ever since then, honestly, every time I get into a mountain meadow, I'm just like frolicking through the meadow. Just, like, so <laughs> excited.
2: You're the sound of music. <laughs>
1: <laughs> embarrassingly so <laughs>
2: cool that's right you're, you're singing <laughs> high on a hill with a lonely goat herd yeah <laughs> yeah yeah don't let it sing the key.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what about you jake um i did i kind of i was trying to think about this last night like looking at my blog and going oh wow that happened I forgot about that, and I had like quite several things that I felt were like kind of the best moments that I've ever had on trail. Up there for sure is going to be going from Guitar Lake on, you know, on the GMT PCT up mm-hmm. to the top of Whitney. In I guess I left at like one thirty two a.m. or something. I wanted to make sunrise, and this is I guess in August time, sometime in August. And I I started hiking and because I was going northbound on the JMT, I could just kind of leave all of my stuff at Guitar Lake and I packed up my sleeping bag, a bit of food, my stove, and that was it. And went up, had my headlamp on, and I'm going up those big switchbacks. And then this girl hiking up the same way shouts ahead and is like, you don't need your headlamp. And then I realized it was a full moon. and I wow. That was like after half a mile or something, you know, and I, Uh I hiked. The all of Whitney from like two in the morning up to five or whenever the sunrise was without a headlamp on. And because the the moon was so bright, you know, Mm -hmm. and it it was so bright that you could see sharp shadows and stuff. It wasn't dangerous or silly. It was like being in the middle of the day almost. It was, it was insane. And getting up there, like one of the first people on top of Whitney and just having a cup of tea up there, looking down into the desert from Whitney. And that, that was like, one of my most memorable moments on Cheryl, for sure. But I think my kind of like the craziest moment is when on the 80s, I think in Maine, I came face to face with the biggest animal I've ever seen on in like kind of in the wild. Like it was just, I, I woke up one morning and I just heard this, like it what sounded like an old man dying basically <laughs> just like fantastic oh, oh, sound. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I was thinking it's an old man dying or it's a bear or whatever. And I get out and I realized it's all these moose drinking out of Eddie Pond where I was camping that night. And and I tried to like kind of track the moose and and then it ran away from me. And then I turned around and there was a bloody great big moose a few meters away from me, mm-hmm. staring me down. I exaggerate. But I don't think I'm... Is this like the fishing story where the... I'm going to get into that bit now, but I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say he was like, just to the top of his head, he was like a clear... He was taller than I was for sure. I think he mm-hmm. was like seven to eight foot tall or something to the top of his head, and then his antlers went up even further. He was bloody massive. And I didn't know what moose do I'm like are they aggressive Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh my god they call them bulls and they've got massive (laughs) weapons on their faces I just kind of we were like two or three meters apart and he's Mm -hmm. like we're staring each other down I kind of move a little bit sideways towards this big tree where I figure if he charges me or whatever I'm going to be good but we just kind of walked around each other and like it was like the kind of moment it looked like a small elephant I guess and we just kind of connected in this weird way. And then he, he went off into the woods and I was like, and the whole thing like lasted about five minutes and it was crazy. And I remember every single second of it. Cause I was like, am I going to die slash this is just the most beautiful thing ever, you know? Um, so yeah, that was probably like the, 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 the memory that will stay with me the longest, I guess. Right. Uh-huh.
2: Welcome to North America.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big old moose. <laughs> You'll you'll do you'll, you'll be you'll be lucky if you find a squirrel if you get now I'm just kidding. There's lots of wildlife. Okay, yeah. but it's not it's not like in the US for sure.
2: You can, but you didn't have any experiences with bears.
0: Oh, on, I had a few. The, okay, yeah, quite a few. I didn't see one for a long time. I remember being at about the 500 mile mark or something, and I was like, I haven't seen a bear. What's going on? But then I started seeing. They
2: promised me bears. Yeah, and.
0: I, the biggest bear I ever saw was like stalking this poor witless family at a campground in New York like I like walked a mile off trail somewhere in New York I ran out of water and it was boiling hot that day and I'm coming along and like whistling and la 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 enjoy my hike and all of a sudden there's this bear and there's a bear in the you know there's a zoo on the Appalachian trail it actually like goes through the zoo somewhere in New York, oh wow, no, I didn't. And there's this, there's bears in cages and they're not in cages, but it's, they're obviously locked up and it's really sad. And it's like, Oh, these poor bears, but it's, you know, he was like 300 pounds, I think, or 400 pounds. And the bear that I saw outside this campground was definitely considerably bigger than this bear. I, my heart was pounding, but it was, it was kind of sneaking up this slope and peering over. And I'm like, what is it doing? And I'm like, I, I was so scared I didn't take a picture because it was that big, but I like clacked my poles together and it scarpered. And then I kind of went, "Oh wow, that was super cool!" Climbed up this little slope and realized there's like eight people car car kind of picnicking on the other side, ten meters maximum away. Cool. And then this stinky, disgusting British person comes out of the wood with a massive ginger afro and goes like, "You guys were about to get eaten by a bear." <laughs> and they, I don't think they really believe me. I just think they, they thought I was mental. <laughs> but yeah, I could it, see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, with my shorts, my white legs, no matter how sunny mm-hmm. it is, big ginger afro, and. You know, so. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was fun.
2: Are you? I mean, I guess because certainly there are bears. There are black bears. There's been rumors of grizzly, grizzlies up in northern Washington. Mountain lions. Um, mountain lions, mm-hmm. certainly. Let alone the rattlesnakes down in uh, in the desert.
0: Yeah, that's the worst for me.
2: The rattlesnakes.
0: Well, yeah. If you don't hear that rattle, that's kind of what I'm worried about. Like Pennsylvania is rattlesnake central on the mm-hmm. on the 80 and. I don't know how many I saw, like 20, I guess. And there were like one or two occasions where it was like, oh, that was close. And not one, one earbud max in Pennsylvania.
1: Sometimes even when I go running here in Mexico, Jake will say to me, wear just one earbud, please, because mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to run into a snake. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy, in, in the middle
0: of Mexico City? Not know. in
1: Mexico City. Oh, right. Yeah, no, sure. No, 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 Outside of Mexico. Sorry.
0: Yeah, there's much worse things that can happen to you in Mexico City than a snake. <laughs> yeah, <but>. definitely. <laughs> it's not that bad, by the way. Sorry. I don't mean to kind of continue that stereotype. It's fine. But <laughs> there are worse things than rattlesnakes. <laughs>
2: yeah, cause, yeah, because I don't necessarily think of Mexico with snakes and that kind of thing, but they're certainly down there, yeah there's
0: yeah. a there's a few rattlers, I mean, definitely in the desert for sure, in the north of the country, mm-hmm. everywhere, I guess scorpions. But where we It's are- just an
2: extension of Mexico or New Mexico, Arizona and that area.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And yeah. even like kind of near where we are, once you get into the kind of out of the mountains, there, I mean, we were, we were at a house in Cuernavaca a couple of weeks ago and we're just kind of hanging out and a scorpion runs across underneath us. Only a little baby, but it's, <laughs> if they're there, but we're at like 7,300 feet here like at the kind okay. of base of the city. So it's like mm-hmm. you, you don't have any of that kind of craziness going on up here is too too cold i guess
2: thank god for that yeah yeah <laughs> so is that the plan on the pct basically you know yes you'll want the distraction of music or audio something or other but but one earbud at the most or
1: i think it depends on yeah. where we are yeah yeah because if you are yeah if you're walking through an area where you're gonna run into snakes, yeah. You do want one yeah, in your like butt. And you definitely don't want your music glaring, you um, know. Yeah. Because that kind of takes away from the experience. Or or your podcasts or something, probably more in my case. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think probably for the first bit of the trail, I will want some so access to some distraction mm-hmm. at certain points. But we'll see how that goes later on because I, I kind of have a feeling it might become less of an issue as we go along the trail. I don't know. What's what, yeah. What are you thinking, Jake?
0: Uh, What about like listening to music and stuff? I don't know. I'll, I'll need it once in a while. Yeah. Like it's that those low moments where it's just like, I've just got to thrash out these four miles to get to that next water supply. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I know there's no views. I know it's just rocky and a bit, miserable or whatever at those particular moments which will always happen it's great just to put on your favorite album or listen to a two-hour podcast and suddenly you're there four miles later and you're like oh cool made it great and it gets you through that day you know i know that some people are a little bit negative about like listening to stuff on trail i guess it's less common these days but it definitely used to happen when i started hiking don't listen to music on a
2: the pure experience.
0: Yeah, but come on, seriously, <laughs> like <laughs> it's your job. It, you got to take a little bit of a breather sometimes. Chipmunks can be really annoying. Like, so like <laughs> block those little out, you know? <laughs> like chipmunks
2: and squirrels yelling at you. Yeah,
0: the. <laughs> you're like, that's not cool. You're ruining my experience. Go away, <laughs> like. I had a oh, I did not like chipmunks in Northern A.T. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they were very opinionated.
0: Yeah, just just like I was, but you know, we were in that kind of battle of battle of the whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had a vendetta against them for a while. Oh no! No, I mean, I'm be, I'm exaggerating obviously, I, but it was just it would ju- they would just come along at those perfect moments. You're like, wow.
2: when you were on the at were you did you use did you listen to music or podcasts or that kind of thing
0: um little i guess i had i had you know an mp3 player like you know because this was 2012 like the smartphones were just really coming out then so and i put maybe five gigs or 10 gigs or something of music on there and i just kind of switched stuff out occasionally but it was it was kind of tricky to do that so you very quickly even if you only listen to music for an hour a day you're going to get real bored of that music you've got pretty quick but yeah I'd say like the music that lasted me the longest was my friend Eliza um Eliza Shadad she's like one of my best friends and like she does really good music so I kept her on my mp3 player the whole time she was the survivor (laughs) (laughs) she's blowing up right now check her out
2: (laughs) Well, I will be basically make sure that we uh, we also tag her on, on your gear and wisdoms page too. Oh, brilliant! Good, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I nice shout out there, dude. Yeah, <laughs> getting it in.
2: <laughs> there was a note that you had. Actually, no, I'm going to stop myself on that one because I'm going to come back to it. Dangers on the trail. But what technology are you guys using? Are you guys going to be using gut hooks? Did you use any sort of gut hooksy type of thing on the AT? Like, what is your plans for that for navigation, e wise?
0: I didn't have anything tech based on the AT, you know, like I had like a, a Nokia kind of one of those, you remember those old flip phones? phones? That wasn't a flip phone. It was one of those like slidey keyboard phones. Oh yeah. You know, like right. where you can pop it out and
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So I mean, GPS existed then obviously, but nobody had it on their phones. I don't think. I just used a guidebook, but on the trail we're gonna do a mix. Actually. Yeah,
1: we'll use. I have an iPhone, but like an old, an iPhone six. It's so old now, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll pro- so we'll probably take that. And we, mu- I think we probably will do some, uh, like app. We're not sure about gut hooks entirely. We're doing gut. hooks. I, well, it's the most used. We've, use we've had some discussions about this. <laughs> yeah,
0: Aaron, I prefer paper. I don't want but...
1: to. I don't want to break. You know, like break any news here. But, <laughs> um, but this is exciting. Oh come on!
0: <laughs> no, I mean at we, this moment we have to do gut hooks for the app. But <laughs> like, I, yeah. I would like to have paper. Okay, I'm glad to
1: hear that. Woo, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just but nice we do to see have a backup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Right. Bring some paper maps, or you know, just basic, or have something else saved on our, our phone, mm-hmm. something like that, so that we're we're able to draw, like we're able to, to have backup measures, right.
0: basically. And we might change that later, just like yeah. everybody does. You know, with, with the hindsight of hiking a trail, you can go, oh, you don't need that; just do that instead. You know, but I got to figure out what works best for you. And
1: yeah. Uh,
2: I, I was hearing from people saying, and again, I'm not totally fluent on gut hooks, so I'm not sure of their, of the mapping capabilities and like how far the mapping capabilities go beyond the trail piece of it. But certainly people liking having some sort of paper maps if they need to bail out for some reason mm-hmm. and being able to see the wider scope of things. If that occurs, and like, where are my bail points, and how do I get there, and what does it look like between here and there, and that kind of stuff, yeah. from a navigation perspective.
0: That was what. Ooh, see if my memory serves me. Mama Lion is that she was Mama Lion, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. She was talking about having those bailout panels, yeah. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I'd like that, but it's also it's really nice to just kind of go look over to the left, and then being able to figure out what, what mountains are over there and so on, you know. So. Just knowing a little bit, like having a bit more of a better worldview about where you are, kind of like I guess I like that kind of being connected to the land thing. But I don't, just like you, I'm I'm a little bit ignorant maybe of gut hooks and like how much it can do because I've never used it. So maybe maybe it can do all of that stuff now. I don't know, but
1: I do like it for the water updates as well. Like right. when we get further south, I think that yeah. will be
0: really key.
1: And even in Oregon, even in Southern Oregon, there's certain spots where it's pretty dicey about about water. So I think that'll be nice. Um, And the updates kind of.
0: Yeah. I'm a little less keen on that area, I think. Yeah. Just because it's it's like, I'm sure it's good, but it's just, it's a bit, I don't know. I just kind of.
1: This is where the planner thing kind of like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, like you always hear going the opposite direction to somebody else about something that they've mm. just experienced mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's wrong a lot of the time well and it's yeah. right a lot of the time but it's wrong sometimes and and you know it it's like as long as we know where the water sources are and whether they're good at that time of year like I personally I prefer kind of winging it a little bit and kind of mm-hmm. being prepared don't like rely on some trail magic stuff or don't rely on you know like be be always be prepared i guess um uh, right you know so but we will we will be using it because like i'm sure i'm sure i'm going to be an addict to those update comments soon but i've <laughs> i've got this idea that i want to be like kind of not rely on those so much
2: you want to have the more the pure experience uh
0: no i don't like that word but yeah uh, <sighs> not paying attention too much to what other people say because that often causes you know it could cause problems
2: i mean i know the one the one sobo hiker uh, pct hiker that i've spoken to is american idol or, or gretel oh yeah and i know one of her comments was about the desert specifically because you know people supply the water and they're really thinking about the nobo hikers And by the time the Sobo haikus get there, it's October or whatever. And people aren't really thinking about the resupplying. Though I don't think she ever had any problems with finding the water. But it was definitely more of a thing in terms of those water caches that you're depending upon.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, For sure. Yeah. She was tough, though, right? She (laughs) was awesome. Yeah, I was like, wow. Okay, cool. Because she had, like, major dietary requirements as well. Yeah. Like, she's really... Tough, but yeah. Sorry to go back to the point about the desert. Yeah, we need to be
1: yeah aware
0: of what's happening.
1: I suppose it's slightly different because when you're going sobo you're you really have your trail legs at that point, so you can do a lot more miles. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. think that's the advantage, and it's cooler. Yeah. So it's not definitely you're not so you know depend. I mean, of course, you depend on the water, but you may not need as much.
0: Really. Yeah. So, like going northbound, and suddenly you find you've got no water. And you have to do an additional 10 miles or something on Mm -hmm. top of what you already did the whole day. That's potential for knocking you off the trail. Mm -hmm. You might injure yourself, but if you do 25 miles and you're like, Oh no, there's no water here. I have to do another 12 miles. By that point, after four or five months, you're good to go. Just, You just, Mm -hmm. you just do it and it probably make your feet hurt a bit more the next day, but you're not going to, you're not risking injury by doing something like that. So I suppose it's like a little bit more flexible for us when we get to the desert or I hope so.
1: (laughs) That's definitely been one of the selling points for doing Sobo. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That... Yeah, and potentially this year as well because Washington state we think may not have as much snow. Yeah. So,
0: fingers crossed for this All weekend. Right. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. everyone should be praying to the weather gods really right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Well, it's it's crazy to me because I keep hearing people talking about, okay, you know, the the real prime time to start the PCT is around early May. And yet again, on Instagram, I'm, I'm seeing people, people were starting in like middle of March. There was a picture of the starting group probably a week or so ago, and there were like 20 people there around the Southern Terminus Monument. And I'm just like,
0: wow.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or even earlier, right? Like, or even earlier, second chance hiker, uh, he's our homie.
1: Yeah. He started
0: like in February or something. Yeah. At 390 some pounds or whatever it was. Like, so fair play to him. I I would, you know, maybe that that's very early. But if I was going Nobo, I would want to start early. And if I get to Kennedy Meadows and there's too much snow, well, I'm either gonna flip up or maybe I'll go and do something else for a couple of weeks and hike somewhere else and come back and carry on. But the good, you know, the good thing of doing that is you're not going to injure yourself in the desert. Hopefully, right. you're going to be less kind of strict about time, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's cra- It looks kind of scary and dangerous this year in the Sierra. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of snow. Two yeah. years ago, two girls died. Correct me if I'm wrong. And the streams um, in the crossings. So. I hope people are like really careful and there's no shame in like skipping up. And I think a lot of people, if the weather goes as people are expecting at the moment, probably a lot of people are going to flip up this year from Kennedy and come back down. And, and grab that's going to suck for, like mentally for some people, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you will get to the end of the hike and you will be like, Oh, I'm so glad I did that. Mm. Um, there's no there's no problem with not going all the way through, in my opinion, especially on the West Coast, because the chance of somebody having been able to walk all the way through mm-hmm. without having to skip a section because of a fire, having a reroute because of something or other, it's like, yeah. how many people do that every year? Like, probably none or 10 probably per, 10% none. maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But it's not happening. So get over it pretty quick and like be be prepared to react to what comes up, I would say, is the best thing. And don't don't do anything silly
2: yeah no i I think you actually hit on a really interesting point there because if you have in your head that you're going to walk every mile and you know every foot every step and and whatever and then all of a sudden you get knocked around something and so all of a sudden this thing that you had in your head about what your experience was going to be or what the the trail is going to be just that change can knock you off trail, so to speak, just because it mentally deflates you because all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're like, well, then it doesn't matter anymore because I'm not doing what I thought I was going to do.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that probably has affected lots of people in that way. Maybe you just quit, you know, it's just suddenly a bit strange. Um, Yeah, I, I had some issues like that on a couple of occasions, like maybe I think I accidentally missed like 0.2 0.2 miles or something like kind of ridiculous like that around Fontana Dam. Um, there's like kind of two routes to the shelter or something. I I I missed it a little bit accidentally. And so that bothered me for a while. And I was like, that'd be crazy. That's like a little bit. And and then another time in Waynesboro, it was 110 degrees. Uh it was in just before that huge derecho storm that wiped out all the electricity on the east coast. Um, and okay. sometime in the middle of like, you know, July, August or whenever it was in 2012. And wow, that w- that was insane. Old, old trees were like collapsing kind of next to us in the parks mm-hmm. in Waynesboro. And my friend tapeworm, like a tree fell over his hammock. And but luckily he'd taken it down. So it just landed <laughs> on top. We had to just like drag this tree off his collapsed hammock on the floor. Oh yeah. Sorry. Getting distracted again. Um, and so we, we decided to paddle. We, we we decided to go, we bought a canoe from Craigslist and we paddled from Waynesboro to Luray. We'd intended to go all the way to Harper's Ferry. Um, but we put a hole in the boat on the Luray dam. And so we, we paddled for 45 miles and we walked and we skipped 50-ish miles of trail walking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it bothered me for a minute, like, Maybe two weeks later, I was like, oh, I have to go back and do that. And I should go back and do it one day, but I got over it very quickly. Like, that paddling was amazing. Being able to swim in 110 degrees instead of, like, putting 30 pounds on your pack and walking through the Shenandoahs, which is boring when you get to the Shenandoahs. It's a beautiful place, but once you've done – when you've done all the bit before it, it's like, the heat, the boredom. No, please. So get on that boat and float. (laughs) (laughs)
2: well it's it seems like that experience while you sort of went back and went oh my god we didn't i didn't do all of the miles the experience of the canoe became something that became even more than what you were originally expecting for your for your
0: hike yeah definitely it's like a really memorable part of the hike and also very like it worked perfectly as well for tapeworm because he he screwed his knees up um, and took yeah. too much ibuprofen and, um, yeah, and, and it, it, he's fine now and he finished his hike, but he got off trail at Luray because his knees were so damaged. And so it worked for him. You know, we could spend a few more days together on trail and, um, enjoy doing all of that. And yeah. And randomly we, we were in Madison, Wisconsin a few months ago and we mm-hmm. just saw him in the street. So, like, excuse me. Yeah. Like crazily, I had, this is, this is an example of trail magic in my mind. Like just the the crazy coincidence related to the hiking community that happens. We were, we went, well, we went to stay uh, with Jen's friend who hiked, they hiked the JMT together, Maria, and her baby was uh, getting baptized. And so we went to the, that, (laughs) and we were driving down the street and I see tapeworms cycling down the street. And I'm like, what? scream out of the window i'm like connor I call his real name he didn't respond so i'm thinking okay i'm crazy it's not him <laughs> and then we follow him we follow him <laughs> i'm like connor he doesn't respond but he has his headphones in right but i'm thinking of course mm-hmm. it's not him we're in the united states there's like 400 million people here. <laughs> there's no way that's tapeworm and we go back to Maria's house. I go on Facebook and it's like, Tapeworm lives in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm like, no way. So I call him up and we go and hang out and we have a ton of beers him <laughs> with him. And it was, <laughs> that it was like, what a happy coincidence. He's just hiked um, the I, in down in Patagonia. He just did the, I guess it's oh, wow. the, the O the O route. I can't remember, sorry what it's called, but he's just, his pictures were phenomenal. So, yeah.
2: I'll have to search him out on Instagram. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, d- I don't. Re- as I, as you can see, I've been waxing about that. So uh, I don't mm-hmm. regret missing those forty odd miles one little bit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like you don't regret uh, missing the approach trail to the AT. <laughs>
0: no, not one bit. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> missed that. I knew I was going to knock myself off the trail by by walking that. So uh, big, steep mm-hmm. mountain and eight miles, and like, no, thank you very much.
2: Yeah, I've heard people say that some of the hardest hiking at the beginning is that damn approach trail.
0: Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, I I struggled with that demon, though, before the hike. I was like, should I do it? Should I not? I should do it. But I can't. I don't think about missing that waterfall now, like, one bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it would have really hurt me, and it probably would have put me through at least a lot of mental anguish, thinking, like, I've injured myself more. Um, so it right. just wasn't worth it. I started from Springer, well, 9.9 north of Springer. Like, technically, that's a flip flop, I guess. I don't know. I like, walked over <laughs> for a minute, turned around, went back, and I did five miles, and I camped at Fork Rivers Campground. And yeah, beautiful place. Lovely. Good choices. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You actually in in your story about the the canoe you actually mentioned something that you mentioned in your blog. I mean there's a lot of dangers that they talk about on the trail between animals and twisting your ankles and things like that. But one of the things that they don't talk about is falling trees and branches and stuff like that and you are actually mentioning that within that story but also on your blog.
0: Yeah. Um oh was that about the like the falling yeah the tree yeah i think that was I, I don't know i can't remember where that was i don't think it was when we were canoeing but um yeah that happened a few times we you're in bed and all of a sudden you hear this and it's something like a the, the branch of a tree cracking mm-hmm. and it falls and you hear it crashing through the leaves and you're like oh my god And on at least two occasions, I like grabbed my head and covered myself up because I felt it was falling. And one time there was like a big couple of meter length of a tree basically that fell off and landed next to my tent, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. a couple of meters away, but like if I chosen that spot, it might have hit me and it probably wouldn't have killed me, but still, you know, that was, (laughs) it would have hurt my head at least quite a lot, you know, possibly end up in the hospital. But on the, on the canoe ride, that was pretty bad. We got wedged. The river was really low. and We were like the last paddlers to go through, I think. And we got wedged against these rocks. And Tapeworm kind of got wedged between the canoe and the rocks in the rapids. And it's like pushing against him. And mm-hmm. I'm like trying to yank the canoe off. But as I yank it off, it flips the other way. And the river completely fills it up. And we somehow managed to get out of it all of our stuff floated down the river all of it tapeworm's knees are screwed so he i'm just like get onto the beach (laughs) and the guy swim after all of the stuff managed to grab everything we lost one pbr (laughs) Really? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think one PBR and we felt really bad about littering, but it was like also, well, somebody's (laughs) probably going to drink it. So it's cool. It wasn't an empty one. And then we, we camped up and we lit a big fire to dry all our stuff out. The owner of the property came out in his in his pickup and was like, what are you guys doing here? And, and, but then he kind of chilled out when he realized that we, we, we ruined our canoe (laughs) in the rapids. (laughs) And surprisingly, that wasn't when we actually ruined the canoe. We did that later. But uh, we, we definitely buckled the bow or whatever it's called, the metal thing in the bottom. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> I, I'm sure I could go on and on with this conversation, but I, we're going on to two hours here. so it's I'm cool gonna... if you want to <laughs> <laughs> It's been really fun. <laughs> These conversations are so much fun, right? Yeah, yeah definitely.
0: Yeah. Those, Yeah. And it's really good to be on your podcast because I've listened to everyone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fantastic.
1: They're really good. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm certainly having a lot of fun having the conversations with people and and hearing their stories and which again is inspiring, which is why this podcast or this one is so interesting because obviously Jake has done it before and, and you're sort of new to the longer distance experience. And so like how do the the compare and contrast there is interesting. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. There's a little before or after maybe going on so. as <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> you can have this like big like old your face. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my facial hair? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well your
2: face Jen was he was just as he was just telling the story of the canoe <laughs> what, like you were shocked and like appalled and like
0: <laughs> have I not told you that story before? I'm no sure. I don't not know not in such great de- no, detail
1: I, I it was yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oops <laughs> <laughs> that's okay
2: <laughs> so one of the things that I love to end the episodes with is is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should
0: um ooh, that's a really good question. Um
2: for, for either of you actually. I yeah, mean obviously yeah, he's got one perspective but you also have the another perspective mm. Jen and that would be interesting to hear too. Mm.
0: Which one? Okay. The Oh yeah. Okay. Just that so, what's Jenny your favorite piece enough. of gear? What's
1: my favorite piece of gear? Yeah. That uh oh um I have some I have I have some long underwear from Patagonia that I really like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely it's embarrassing that I really like it, but, but I really, those really like
0: busted it. old ones.
1: Yeah. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is actually the longest running gear. I bought some when I was 14. I bought some Helly Hansen fleece uh-huh. pants that mm-hmm. I still have to this day. And they are amazing and they have lasted through everything. And I am thinking about taking them on this trip, although I'm not quite sure if we're going to need them. But yeah. Uh, Are you going to send them to yourself in the Sierras maybe? I think that would be the perfect time to, yeah, to add them to the pack. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And for me, like, my favorite gear is body glide, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Really? There's nothing that can stop a hike like Chafe. True. I mean, of course, like falling down and breaking your legs, is going to be a little bit faster, but that's not going to happen. But chafe is like a a daily grind for people that are a little on the chunky side, you know? So, Mm -hmm. and body glide is amazing. Some people don't get along with it, but it's really good. And also um, one of my friends, Miles, randomly before the AT said, dude, he kind of like took me to one side in the bar and he was like, "Here, take this it'll serve you well. (laughs) And I was like, what is this? And he's like, it's zinc oxide. If you chafe, slather that on and you'll be good to go in the morning. And I was like, okay. And it was kind of weird, but um, I took it with me. I took him on his word and it really, and it like worked, you know, you like kind of, if you chafe, dry yourself out, put the zinc oxide on and the next day you're good to go.
2: That actually, that's a great tip slash reminder because it, people getting blisters or chafing or rubbing getting rubbed raw because of something that's not working quite right it's going to happen and and the more important piece of it almost is what do you do after that yeah yeah definitely. you know to, to salvage the hike so to speak
0: mm-hmm. yeah because i you just i mean for me it's like the worst pain in the world i just don't mm-hmm. i don't want to deal with that so yeah Make sure I've got that solution in my backpack for those those fears, I guess.
1: Yeah. I've gotten a lot of Perfect. questions recently about first aid. And if we mm. know
0: first aid and if we know CPR... <laughs> Oh yeah, and I'm missing. I'm missing. Ironically, I'm missing first aid training tomorrow at work because I'm leaving. Jake, <laughs> now I have to. I have to hold the fort at work. Like, there's got to be a manager in, and I'm the least useful person to have first aid training. But I'm like, oh, I need it. I'm going to hike.
1: <laughs> well, we can. Our dad. My dad can give, give us a little bit of a. Like, yeah, yeah, refresher sure. when we get up to
0: Washington. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing nothing that duct tape can't solve.
1: Yeah, right? that's
2: true. That's true. Well, I mean, and that's the thing about listening to everybody talk about their first aid kits. You know, you think, oh, compresses and uh, big band-aids and, you know, so forth and so on. And the reality is that most people get on the trail and they've got, like, the uh, antiseptic ointment, the neosporin or whatever, a couple band-aids, some moleskin and a knife. And a knife. (laughs) And like, that's the first aid kit. So
0: yeah, maybe a bit of alcohol as well. (laughs) 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 Little bottle of tequila for infections.
2: (laughs) And low moments. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Fighting a different type of infection. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Where can people find you if they want to ask questions or hear more about well, I, I, guess you're-
0: I just kind of like, uh, what's the word? I, I suppose like resuscitated my Instagram account the other day, which I haven't touched okay. for a couple of years. And I, I just changed it to hike hike.hairily. Sorry, hike.hairily. Hairily <laughs> spelled? H-A-I-R-I-L-Y. Yeah. Okay. So I, I guess now this is on the podcast, I can't change that name again. So yeah. <laughs> that's um, right. there's a picture of me, like a big hairy dude at uh, the end, in <laughs> N- AT, that's me. And um, at the moment, I'm kind of in preparation mentally myself. I'm kind of going through a lot of my old photographs, which I haven't even seen some of them, you know, because they were just on memory sticks, and memory cards, mm-hmm. and I've thrown them onto my computer, digging through and kind of like pulling out some of my favorite pictures. And then like posting them on Instagram and like telling a little story to go with them. I'm like, it's very early days. I just started like a week ago, but, but it's kind of, it's cool. It's really nice for me to kind of relive some things that I basically forgotten about, you know? So like, yeah, if you want to ask me a question on there, I'm more than happy to help.
1: And, And the website can we do that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we've, we've got a website. What's the address?
1: Uh, Jen and Jake
0: hike.com. Yeah. Although it's kind of empty at the moment, to, yeah. be, to be honest, but maybe this will be inspiration to throw up a post before the podcast goes out. Yeah. Now. We've got so. our work cut out. Now, I think right? so. Yeah. <laughs> so Jen and Jake Okay.
2: And Jen, do you have any sort of Instagram or, or anything like that? Um, that you're?
1: I do. I have a Twitter Collins, Jen at Collins, okay. Jen. So that'll be the easiest place to find me. Perfect! Yeah. Yay! Thanks! <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It. Thank you. Thank you. It,
2: it was so much fun speaking with you guys. Uh, I I'm going to let you get on with your af- your evening, I guess, as, as the case may be. Yeah. Oh, thank you! Yeah, we're thank you! Pop out yeah. for
0: some tacos now.
1: Yeah, I think so.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much for thank you. Uh, hosting us.
2: So thank you. And and if you happen to pass through Leavenworth, certainly say hi to it for me. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I think we will probably try to get through. You get like to- Leavenworth. I like right? I do like Leavenworth.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We were before you came on, Jake, I don't know if you heard what Jen and I were talking and
0: Yeah, I gleaned that I was like, Oh yeah, there's yeah, there's a Washington connection going on there. I couldn't remember <laughs> yeah. exactly what it, it was. We're
2: bonding over Washington.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah, I'm a recent kind of introductory I guess to, uh, to <laughs> mm-hmm. Washington and we had went up there for Christmas last year it was really beautiful oh Great, beautiful uh, yeah S- Samish Island and <laughs> around there <It> cool
1: <laughs> that's where I'm from which you may never have heard of it's totally fine
0: nobody no, knows I've <laughs> certainly
2: heard of it I've never been there but I've heard of it <laughs> it's, it's really yeah.
0: small <laughs> but it's right on the PNT on the Pacific yeah, Northwest Trail exciting. like it literally nice. goes past the end of her parents uh, street basically, you know, it's so a lot of road yeah. walking in that section, but it's right there on the PNT. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just distracted me
0: if, yeah, with something, but it's cool.
2: the the PNT, it, I mean, it's probably can becoming more popular, but did you remember or do your parents see a lot of hikers coming through? And yeah, Not the
1: PM, PNT. No, I wouldn't okay. say that I, was very aware of it no, actually. We were um, until maybe a year or so ago. I think we started okay. looking. We actually started looking into the Olympic, doing this this trail along the Olympic mm-hmm. Coast before,
0: which is um, the last section of the PNT.
1: Yeah, and that's, oh, okay. that's when I started to become aware of it. And you don't. It's not like you see a lot of hikers walking well, those roads. Hikers, that
0: even do the back entire hikers. trail.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: I mean, yeah. how many people do it every year? I, I ignorance here, but like maybe 50 people a year or something do yeah. it, you know, or yeah, it's becoming more popular because it was designated a, na- is it a national trail or a scenic trail mm-hmm. or whatever, about 10 years ago or so. And there's okay. lo- large parts of it, that's still bushwhacking and things, but it goes through like yeah. some exceptional mountains. So I just think it's going to go from strength to strength and in 20 years, it will probably be uh, one of the big trails. You know, as yeah. people just want to get away a little bit more, and it becomes more doable. You know, it'll be mm-hmm. very potentially a rival for the um, CDT for sure. I right. think because it's just seemed I'm seeing so much more press about the PNT now, and, and more interest, and sure. people are talking about it, on like on the Cascade Hiker podcast, and 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 all over the shop Now, um, mm-hmm. so it's I think it's going to go from strength to strength. That trail,
2: it, it certainly because I was talking with. Andy, so episode number one, and he had done it. He had done it actually this uh, past okay, year, yeah. or uh, like I like guess it would be 2018. Camel,
0: right, is his name? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: yeah. yeah. And I, I thought he was saying like, "There's a gut. It's there's a gut hooks has the maps for it yeah. and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff." So mm-hmm. that certainly opens it up. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Was it? Is you it know, the first year to... this year, maybe? Or no? I'm probably making that up. But recently, I don't know. Like yeah, so.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it is very recent.
0: Maybe last. year. We'll make up some dates for it. Yeah, yeah, just like (laughs) slug it in. Like, I think it was two years ago. Um, (laughs) Exactly. But we're going to do like a little bit of the PNT this this year. I mean, we're going to be doing about 50 miles of the PNT on the coast, which is from Ozette Lake Campground Mm -hmm. down to Oil City Trailhead, I believe. No, and a little bit further, like onto the kind of 101 Mm -hmm. highway. And then, so then we'll do that chunk and a little bit more up to uh, the beach at the top there. I forget the pronunciation, so I won't murder it. And then because it's like kind of a deception pass, which is a stone's throw away from Samish Island, you know, if we have to wait a little bit longer to get onto the PCT, we'll probably just do day hikes or a little overnighters like okay. on the PNT close to Samish Island and around. And then, you know potentially kind of move on up to Ross Lake, if it's a really late start year, like starting year, mm-hmm. who knows. And then from Ross Lake up to whichever pass it is, about 17 miles shy of the, the Canadian border, we're we're, deb- I th- we're we're doing that, right, I mm-hmm. think, rather than Hearts pass and back, mm-hmm. okay, just to get like a little bit of variety, plus you get the boat ride at the beginning and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. It's, it's yeah, right. pretty cool.
2: You guys have quite the summer plan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of envious. <laughs> well, your summer's coming up. <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: It's funny, the, the more I talk about it with people, it's sort of like the balance of the more nervous you, I get, but also the more calm I get about it. Yeah. It's this really odd dichotomy. Yeah,
1: no, I totally I definitely feel like that right now because i'm having conversations about it every day with coworkers and yeah. friends and everything and uh, you know it's nice it's it, it is calming to kind of have those conversations but at the same time it kind of like ramps up the anxiety a little bit <laughs> yeah it's good it's good
2: yeah. at, at least with your part of it jen like because a lot of times the, the question that i'm getting from people mm. friends and family and stuff like that is so you're hiking this with somebody, right? Mm, mm. Because of the, the fear factor of, mm. you know, all of the things that can happen. Yeah. And I'm like, and at least for you, at least you can say, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I am absolutely hiking it with somebody.
1: Check that box. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but then they want to know, but, but all to, get the, to you're going to be together the whole time. Like that kind of thing. So yeah. So it's 24 seven. Yeah, exactly. It's mm-hmm. lots of, Yeah. There's always, there's always something people will always have questions. Uh, yesterday I was at a meeting at work and we were talking about, it just kind of came up and one of my coworkers Mm -hmm. was just appalled that I wouldn't bring deodorant, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like (laughs) trying to come up with fixes for me, like in the meeting, like, uh, Like, um, I've heard, I've heard, yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I've heard that, um, that lemon and lime is really good for deodorant. I'm like, yeah, we're not going to be carrying lemon and lime on the trail. You're also going to get
0: burned to a crisp in the
1: sun. (laughs) Put citrus (laughs) on your skin. (laughs) I know. I didn't quite go into the details. Mm -hmm. I just enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's
2: interesting to hear people's concerns. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 It brings up. you're like, oh, Okay. (laughs)
0: yeah whereas in my work like a lot of well not a lot of them a few people were there when i went off to Mm do the at and came back you know so they're just like ah he's done it before you know there's not there's not not too many questions you know
2: but i but i think also people like people aren't concerned with for you jake in terms of hitchhiking and things like that yeah no Mm. um
0: i well i i think a lot of people don't know hitchhiking is involved you know oh really well i mean like to the to person that doesn't know anything about the trail oh she's going off to do this big trail and half the people honestly i speak to think that you carry all the food you need for the whole trail like they're like (laughs) wait so do you what do you do about food (laughs) like it kind of dawns on them so i don't think a lot of people know about hitchhiking but i'm sure they Mm -hmm. would give you more grief if they knew about the guaranteed hitchhiking but hitchhiking is great and especially when it's a guy and girl partnership hitchhiking it's just very easy because mm-hmm. everybody sees the girl and goes oh I better help her and I can pick that guy up because he hasn't murdered her already so exactly. um, you know like it's it's cool and you you just got to do the, the goofiest thing you can possibly do to hitchhike and uh you do the like the magically appearing thumb like being a magician <laughs> kind of thing like wiggling like kind of waving your hand like it's un- like a rabbit in the hat and then it appears at the last second with a big smile and you know three times out of ten they'll stop immediately so <laughs> like.
2: but you've stacked your odds in the in your favor because you ha- now are hiking with jen Absolutely. so yeah and and likewise jen has stacked her odds in favor because she's hiking with the guy so
0: mm-hmm. it, it it is it is easier yeah yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, one of my, uh, like, kind of, the, the person I hiked with most on the Appalachian Trail, Bunny, it, it just worked a charm. Like, we would, you know, benefit of uh, the presence of the other person. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing better than jumping in the back of a pickup and shooting down the road at, like, 80 miles an hour and <laughs> then getting off in a burger bar and, like, hell yeah. <laughs> getting, like, suddenly you, you, you're going from two miles an hour to like 80 miles an hour and like the breeze in your hair and uh, yeah it's good times
2: One last question for you yeah. you just bring up this this question that hit me the the change in going from two miles an hour to back into real life the speed of people and cars and traffic sounds and all of that stuff I guess you both have kind of had it because you've both hiked on you know tra- some distances on trail Yeah. Mm. How is that?
1: Oh goodness. Okay, two things. One, I think it's funny when you're walking along and all of a sudden you smell other hikers like that really like the day hiker smell, mm-hmm. you know and they start to kind of come come toward you and you're like, whoa, those people smell amazing <laughs> And then you have that moment where like, oh my god, I must stink like a lot. Um, but the other the other thing that kind of comes to mind, definitely um, a lot of my trails, have either started or ended in Yosemite because I was living in LA and I did a lot of, Mm -hmm. that's where I did a lot of hiking. And I do that experience of coming into like the Valley or coming into, coming into a place where you've got noise and cars and, um, and just like people everywhere and going into, uh, and going into, to supermarkets and having so many so many options i think it is kind of overwhelming and i think it might be also overwhelming for us because we're coming from a different country because we're coming from mexico mm-hmm. and going back to the states and kind of having that experience as well i think i think that will add to kind of the sort of culture shock um re-entry right. kind of experience as
0: well but i find those kind of the culture shock things that make it easier to deal with it or- Mm. most like it's not you're just like oh everything's really different now kind of like all the time when we travel anywhere I don't Mm -hmm. know it's just it's kind of like yeah it is a bit of a shock to the kind of the input like the the senses and things Mm -hmm. but I um it's never really been like too much of a concern it's just like oh wow cool what a trip let's let's Mm -hmm. go on this let's deal with it what's going on right now you know and enjoy those cheeseburgers over there
1: yeah (laughs) yeah Usually the cheeseburgers it, smooth everything up.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I'm
2: hearing him mention them a
0: lot. Yeah, I was just like, wow, I'm like repeating the word cheeseburger too much. Like, <laughs> pizzas are good as well. Like, let's not forget about... Bagels. Um, <laughs> mm, um, I'm, ex- I'm excited
1: about
0: bagels. <laughs> yeah, we can have bagels on trail, though. Like a nice everything bagel, a
1: bit of cream yeah.
0: cheese on for the first couple of days if it's not too hot. <laughs> live it up. <laughs>
2: That that'll that'll be the the ticket as you go into town and find the best cheeseburger place. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, like there are like places pride themselves, no, at least on the Appalachian mm-hmm. Trail of like who's got the biggest burger in town because you want those hiker dollars coming through. You know, it's it's yep. easy just to walk into town and come out considerably poorer. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, oh, I'm stuck in that two day vortex, like two one pound burgers, like. 12 pack of PBR later and like, <laughs> suddenly, and, a, and a cheap motel somewhere. Like, So that's a hundred dollars pretty quick.
2: You get, you get finally spun out of the black hole. Yeah. And you, and you move on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I tried not to do it too much, but there were occasions when it was just, it just absorbed you, especially if it's raining outside.
2: Yes. That I could see that because it's never fun to go and particularly if you go from some place that's dry and then you have to walk into the rain and yeah and you spent
0: $5 and 2 hours cleaning and drying your clothes. I don't want to get straight away <laughs> get muddy, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. What was it all for? <laughs> okay. This time, for honest for sure. I'm going to let you guys go. <laughs> thank you so much. Go enjoy your tacos, guys.
0: No, thank you. Uh-
2: notes and links for jake and jen's gear can be found on our website at hiking-through.com special thanks to jen and jake for sharing their stories from the trail and maya win for the use of the song try again we'd love to hear about your trail adventures as well so please email me at hiking through podcast at gmail.com or you can also dm me on instagram at hiking through podcast we would also love it if you would find us on your favorite podcast provider and leave a review. I'll see you on the trail.